Next on BYUSN, men's basketball. They now know which Big 12 teams they'll play. What jumps out immediately about the Cougars' first-year Big 12 matchups? And national analyst John Rosting doesn't have high hopes for the Cougar Hoopsters. Are we shocked? Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, July 25th. I am Spencer Linton, alongside a man who I know celebrated Pioneer Day in Utah, Dave McCann. The Eagles tribute band last night <laughs> with some fireworks. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah. You know, all, all the holidays are over now, and one week from today, the Cougars are on the field practicing. First official football practice as a member of the Big 12 and a P5. Next week. Next week. And so, yeah, so the holidays, are, last night was like, okay, see you next year. Let's now go. Now it's time to get to work. You've had a fantastic July between Journey and emceeing Stadium of Fire and the Eagles. Yeah. But this, is, yeah. this has been a good it's month a, for you. It's a classic rock July is, <laughs> is what it is, which are the best kinds of July. And, and you know what? The Cubs are playing better. Michael Rucker's pitching pretty good. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah, so, you know, usually the longest, hottest month of the year, it's just about over. That's been pretty good. Well, fortunately for you, the Cubs are playing better. But unfortunately for our colleague Jason Shepard, it took place against his beloved St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, unfortunate recently. for him. <laughs> we play him again later this week, and we won't. We will. We'll talk after the series. Yes. But uh, we got a loaded show today. Uh, those Big 12 basketball matchups—they're out, and now that the dust has settled, we're going to break them down. And good heavens, <laughs> the, yeah. st the storm's coming. Yep. Michael Campbell, Iowa State's head coach, and Neil Brown, West Virginia's head coach. We'll hear from both of them. The Cyclones come here. The Cougars go to Morgantown later in the year to take on West Virginia. And Jets coach Robert Salai talking about Zach Wilson. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's the number one member of the Zach Wilson fan club. He might be. He just keeps saying good things about what he's seeing on the field. So we'll talk about that. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. All right. All rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. Big 12 is so good, so good. And there was really something exhilarating about the climb. Everyone in the program, coaches, players, fans, everybody around BYU is so ready for this moment. It's going to be a magical year. What's Trending, presented by Feastbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization feeding, feeding hungry families. As Dave just mentioned, we now know the layout and schedule for BYU men's basketball as it pertains to year one of the Big 12. We don't know when the dates are with specific opponents. We just we know who is visiting the Marriott Center and where BYU will go and if BYU will play home and road against said teams. So it's enough to get us thinking, right? Yes. For sure. And, and <laughs> frankly, it's enough to make some of us sweat profusely, <laughs> notably Mark Pope and his staff. But after the Big 12 announced that uh, men's and women's basketball matchups for the 2023-24 season, uh, Dave, what is the first thing that jumps out to you when you looked and saw, okay, these are the matchups? Kind of like a lot of everybody was like, okay, is Kansas coming? That's yeah. probably number one. And then yep. you see there and they go, oh, okay. Uh, well, then who else is coming? Is Texas going to come? I know all our sports are going to Texas. Is someone going to actually come here? And then you see that and you go, okay. And then you look at the rest of them and you go, well, it's going to be something. It's going to be something the likes BYU fans have never yeah. seen before. A schedule as difficult as BYU has ever seen before. It's going to be fun to see what happens, but it is what it is. Goliath's yeah. coming. I, th I think one word summed it up for me. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. Yes, while Kansas is not visiting the Marriott Center, BYU is certainly making a road trip to Lawrence, which will be super exciting for BYU fans. I imagine Cougar basketball fans are already trying to figure out how to get to Lawrence again, not just for the Big 12 football opener, but just to find a way to be in Fog Allen Fieldhouse in that historic venue to watch BYU take on Kansas in that basketball matchup. But I do love that Texas finally visits Provo in something. The Texas women's volleyball team is not in Provo. No. Women's soccer team is not in Provo. Women's basketball team is not in Provo. So no rematch with Shaley Gonzalez in Provo. But Texas men's basketball will visit Provo. I like that. And then remember when Houston was ranked number one for the majority of last season? Oh, yeah. They might be again. They're visiting <laughs> Provo as well under uh, their longtime head coach. Are Kelvin they the Sanders. new Gonzaga? They're just going to come in rank one, two, or three? Dave, it feels like there are four Gonzagas in this conference, yeah. which is wild. There might be a couple more than that. But it's going to be, um, it, it just, they're going up against storied basketball programs. Yes. They're all heavily yes. invested in recruiting and, and growing and, and all those things. We've watched them on Big Monday for years, and, uh, and, and now they're coming. The away-only schedule is interesting for the BYU men's side. I already mentioned Kansas. A road trip to West Virginia is never easy. That's the longest trip that BYU could possibly make, that and UCF at Texas Tech, at Oklahoma. So those teams, all four of those teams, will not visit the Marriott Center. But home away, Baylor. I like the idea of playing Baylor twice. I think that's just a natural budding rivalry for BYU. Oklahoma State, home and away. And UCF, I didn't think that because of the travel involved there, the BYU would be home and away with UCF. But, hey, the Golden Knights are going to make a trip to Provo, and BYU is going to head to Orlando. I feel like it's about as good as it could be. And it's certainly as difficult as I expected it to be. The one thing is just your initial thought. No Kansas in the Marriott Center. I was really, really hoping like, oh, we'll be able to get Kansas in the Marriott Center. But that road trip is going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, in football it was, hey, we're going to get Texas here again. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma comes, and so that's, that's cool. And Texas is over there in, in Austin uh, in October. Um, and, and so here's Houston, as you mentioned a moment ago, coming in. And uh, maybe they're the best team in the conference. You know, Kansas is certainly the most historic. Uh, but Houston lately uh, has been on fire, and, and, and we get a shot at them. So we may have a shot at the number one team in the country uh, on our home floor. I don't think uh, TCU or Cincinnati will be number one. Texas won't be number one. Baylor could be up there, depending on what they, they have coming back. Yeah. But Houston probably the, the only team that's got a shot at being number one coming into the Marriott Center. Of course, when BYU goes to Kansas, they could be number one when they, when they go on the road. <laughs> but West Virginia, West Virginia has gone through so much trouble lately that all of a sudden some of the guys have left since Bob Huggins was fired in the last month. And so maybe all of a sudden West Virginia becomes a different kind of game. Yeah. Certainly a tough one. They're, they're all tough, though. There's no uh, – I'd be curious to see if you're Kansas and you're looking at that going, okay, we got a couple of cream puffs. Uh, they're, they're the new guys and this and that. But as, as the new kids on the block look mm -hmm. at these guys, they're going, um, okay – well, there's no week off. There's no, um, there's no Pepperdine on a down year coming in. No. There's no Loyola Marymount. Um, there's no Portland. There's no Portland. Uh, Nothing even close to that. I mean, if, yeah. I, I made the comparison last week that UCF, like, and we'll get to John Rothstein's projections in just a moment, but UCF now in multiple publications has been picked, finished last of the 14 basketball teams. Right. It's early. But UCF is probably on par with where Santa Clara was last year. And Santa and, Clara was a good team. Santa Clara was a team that finished better in the West Coast Conference than BYU did. Right. It's like that's 
that's, I, I feel like that's as low as it goes, is Santa Clara. And Santa Clara embarrassed BYU in the Marriott Center last year. That's where we are. That, that's the worst team? This is, this is eye-opening. There's a good chance that half of the 18 conference games that BYU plays this season could be against top 25 competition. And while we like to cast extra spotlight on the top 25, it's about quadrant one opportunities, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's every away game that BYU plays this year in conference is probably a quad one game. The adding to the mystery of it all is the makeup of the team. Uh, if you think years back, if you got uh, Haas and Toulson and that group going into this schedule, you're like, let's okay, go, let's, let's go do toe this. To toe. Well, this year's team is so new. Uh, th this trip coming up to Croatia yeah. is yeah. going to be crucial just to give them a couple weeks of playing together. Um, but we don't even really know what kind of team we got as opposed to, hey, we're marching in with guns a-blazing. And maybe BYU marches in with guns a-blazing. We just don't know that uh, due to the newness. And so then that adds the mystery of, well, we know what those guys are. We're not even sure what we are, but we know what they are. <laughs> and we know they're going to be excited to see us. It's intrigue, mystery, yes. Like all, all appropriate words for this BYU men's basketball <laughs> but schedule. But isn't it great? Because what if we were breaking down another WCC schedule? Okay, we're going to Pepperdine, and then we got the LMU, and then, okay, when's Gonzaga? Gonzaga when's, that's the only team you look for, right? When yeah. do they come to Provo? Maybe when does St. Mary's come to Provo? If you just flip-flop where we were, and what if we were still there, uh, we'd, we'd be um, still hoping to get to the big time. Yeah. Now we're in it, and we see what's coming, and it, you know, it's why we want to be in it, right? They're that good. It's, yes. it's why we want to be in it. But uh, I think Mark Pope said it best. It's like climbing the mountain. And, and we're at the bottom of the mountain, and it's straight up, like climbing the Matterhorn. Yeah, grab your gear. <laughs> I hope it's high-level gear. But we'll be there for the climb, you know? We'll <laughs> see what happens. Every team in the conference in the Big 12, outside of maybe UCF, is a Gonzaga or a St. Mary's. That caliber of basketball team. I know that's a loose comparison, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, the metrics and the roster and the talent and the athleticism, maybe for the most part even bet, better than a St. Mary's. Like, this conference is going to be more athletic, and they will play, will play with more speed and more pace. Like, and more depth. Yes. It's just... Every team is at least as good as St. Mary's or Gonzaga outside of UCF, and UCF is no slouch. So it's not like the, the sky isn't falling. It's just no. it's a new sky, you know? And we're looking up going, okay, <laughs> a lot of different stars up there. Uh, we get, that's where we got to go. That's uh, where we got to go. Dave, you've been playing your local municipal course in the West Coast Conference, <laughs> and you've been invited to go play Beth Page Black or Augusta yeah, National, right? right? Just bring a lot of balls. <laughs> stock up on your golf balls. Let's go. Hey, John Rothstein released his Big 12 Hoops preview, and he's got BYU picked 13th out of the 14th. Mm -hmm. Uh, UCF picked 14th. We don't even know what UCF's got, but they're picked 14th. Much by, like BYU. By John. Um, so does it surprise you that, that this national writers got the Cougars to finish second to last in their debut season? I wish I were shocked or surprised yeah. or one of those things, but no. I, I feel like this makes perfect sense based on what BYU has done the last two years, which is not make the NCAA tournament. Two years ago, BYU was an Elite Eight team in the NIT. It was a nice run with Alex Barcelo in his final campaign. But last year, again, BYU finishes fifth in the West Coast Conference. Yeah, back-to-back -back years in fifth place in the WCC is telling. So what, what 
did BYU do in the last two years to deserve better than this pick? That's why I'm not shocked or surprised at all. I am maybe, maybe a little surprised, Dave, that they're not at the bottom. Right. I thought maybe BYU is going to be picked 14th out of 14. But, I mean, when you're 13 and 14, we're splitting hairs at that point, so it can't be that surprising. But I, I had kind of prepared myself that I might see BYU on the bottom of the list because this is what prognosticators do. This is what experts and insiders and analysts do. They look at, okay, what did you do recently? What have you done for me lately? And maybe if you're super in-depth, like you talk to the head coach, then you go back further the last two years, you kind of see what's coming down the pipeline. And I know Rothstein is a thorough dude, like, and he's good friends with Mark Pope as well. But I think 13th is totally fair here. I, I don't, if, if you put BYU up around eight, people would be like, what? Right. Why, what, what do you know that we don't? The difference, I think, with the football poll in this one, put, football's picked 11th. But you look at that and you can go, you know, I could see where they could probably be eighth. Maybe it's a touchdown difference between eighth and 11th. And because uh, all those teams seem to be about the same. Basketball is, um, is totally different. Those teams are better. You know, they are Big 12 ready because they've been in it. Uh, and Cincinnati's a little bit further down the road, and Houston's certainly a better program than, than a lot of sure. the current Big 12 teams. But, um, but football, you make the argument, well, it could be 10th, it could be 9th, it could be... But I don't, I don't think you can argue that BYU should be 12th in the Big 12. I think 13 or 14 to start... It feels fair. ...is, is, is right with what they've earned, where they are, yes. and, and it also gives Mark Pope a great chance to do something better yes. than that and turn a few heads. The beautiful opportunity is yeah. there, right? Yeah, if BYU's picked third, you know, like, it's, oh a, boy. it's a... Pressure's on. A beat down every, you know, because... But, but now you're just the underdog going in. And Basically every game. That. He likes that role. Yeah. As an underdog. BYU typically, just from a whole athletic department standpoint, seems to relish that yeah. and thrive in it. Now, can you be the underdog and, and answer the bell three times a week? <sighs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. You know, the great part about another great part about this is let's say you you do have three Big 12 games in a week, the way it's slated out. You play on Big Monday and then you play Thursday and Saturday, whatever. I don't know how the schedule is going to lay out, but there are two or three games. If you win one of those, I mean, I'm, I, I would be okay if, if BYU won six conference games. Seriously, if you go six and 12, and then you and can you go six and 12, that's awful. Well, all right, give me the six. They're all quality wins. Yeah. Yeah. Now you, okay, yeah, you went six and twelve, but you have six quad one wins. Right. <laughs> six and twelve in a decent preseason could get you in the big dance. Yes, like maybe they're quad two if they're at home, depending on where the opponent's metrics sit. But still, you have six quad one or quad two wins right there. If you can find a quad one win or two in non-conference, now you bump up that metric a little bit more and. It, what's, it's not crazy to think that BYU at 17 and 14 overall, because of the quality that they would put together potentially in the Big, in the big 12, they're, they've got a bubblicious resume. They're, they're on the bubble, right. which they weren't last year. Like, they didn't even really flirt with the bubble last year. No, and, and, and all these teams are coming for blood too, right? This, no one plays nice in this league. So even coming to the Mary turn where it's going to be really hard for teams to win, they... they they're relishing that, right? Texas will be going, sweet, we're going to the Marriott Center. It's going to be packed. Yes. It's going to be on ESPN. They want let's this. Let's go there and play. And, 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 and not, not let's go there and lay down on the sword. Uh, well, we've seen many teams come in and lay down on the sword uh, in the Marriott Center. And that's yeah. made for fun nights for BYU. But not this group. This group's coming in going, I need that win because I got Kansas next week. You know, it's, it's just the, 
it's the, this is a game you can't lose yeah. if you're a team in the Big 12. You can't lose to BYU because you also have these games coming. And so we're going to get their best. We're going to get their best home and away. It's going to be fun to watch. Let's go. It's going to be interesting. It's not going to be disappointing. It's going to be interesting. Because if they, if they all come in and they all beat us, it's like, okay. That's the difference between the league we are in uh -huh. and the league we are now in. What kind of home court advantage exists for BYU in the Big 12? We're about to find out. We're months away from beginning to find is, that out. The Rock out. is preparing itself. Yes. And then they're going to reveal themselves. And even those guys Go. will have to know, can we bring it three, week, three <laughs> games in a row? I believe they can, but it's going to be, hey, some tough times are ahead. But, but these are the times we want. All right, John Rossi to CBS Sports, along with those season projections and where he expects all 14 Big 12 teams to finish, gave us our stat of the day. Let's roll it out. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The Big 12 teams from last year played an average of 21 Quadrant one games last year. They played 21 games. So if a college basketball team has, you know, 31 or 32 games on the schedule, yeah. that's two-thirds of your games. Most of them league games. That are Clearly. quadrant one. He added, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, the four teams joining the Big 12, played an average of 9.8 quad one games last season. They are going to more than double the difficulty and the challenge on their previous schedule. That, that is quite the jump. And he says it's a brand new weight class, which I know resonates with you. You covered boxing for years in Las Vegas. Boxing taught me a lot of things. So there's a lot of great fights in the welterweight division. Yeah. 147 pounds. But then there are three other divisions separating the welterweight from the heavyweights. Mm -hmm. BYU is going from the welterweight division right up to the heavyweight. <laughs> so this is a young Oscar De La Hoya against a Mike Tyson in his prime. That's exactly what this is. Oscar, let's go ahead and uh, build with protein. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's get in the right room. And, 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 and Oscar, I, I know Oscar, his strategy would be, I'm not even getting close to him. I'm going to run around run here. Around. But the thing is, eventually they find you. And then you got to take the punches. But I, I think that's the best example for, for what John's talking about. They're in a brand new weight class but they skipped the three weight classes in between. And that's the fight we It's had. crazy. Uh, yeah, well, well said by you, and I thought that was a fascinating set of metrics and tweets from, from John Rothstein. Totally fair. Like when you, when you go from essentially 10 quad one games to 21, and we don't know how it's all gonna shake out, but it, it's gonna be something close to 21. Sure, sure. If, guy, not, if not more. The, the conference hasn't gotten weaker. Right. Houston's a quad one. <laughs> Throw them back in the mix. We're playing yeah. them twice. Road games at Cincinnati and UCF and Houston for every team in the conference would all qualify as a quadrant one game. BYU was kind of on the border last year, but BYU's metrics are going to be, they're going to be a top 75 team in the net rankings, which will make every game that they host for the opponent a quadrant one road opportunity. So it has us eager for the non-conference schedule just to see what, what the Cougars are going to do to prepare for this. <sighs> Uh, but we know there's some tough teams on there, including San Diego State, yeah. which is a quad one. Mm -hmm. uh, Typically, yeah. You know, I mean, we're talking about the national runner-up. Right. And so, and, and we, hopefully we'll get that in the coming days. I think it's 104, 104 days until the first, until we're into games, something like that. Oh, my gosh. It, okay. It's, so it's, we're going to get that out pretty soon. And then we'll see, okay, what's, what's the buildup to, you know, 
the buildup to the Big 12. Oh my gosh. Our question of the day, part of this buildup. What's the first thing that jumps out as you look at the BYU men's basketball Big 12 matchups this year? Again, we don't know dates specifically or like which opponents will fall in which order in the times, but we just know which opponents BYU will now play and the home and away scenarios. At Jeremiah underscore Hale on Twitter, or X, which has been changed. Is it still Twitter, but it just has an X insignia from know. Elon Musk? Okay. Anyway, things that don't really matter. Jeremiah Hill says on Twitter for now that BYU <laughs> won't lose any quad three or four conference games this year. See, that's big picture. BYU won't have a quad three or four That's the kind of attitude Cougar Nation's got to have. It's like, well, look, you know what? <laughs> We're not losing to South Dakota in our league. It, it won't even exist anymore. No. There's not even the chance. So I guess that's a benefit. A benefit. Yeah, I mean, you, you take the, the weight class change and you jump up, but you're not going to have a bad loss in conference. Even if BYU loses to UCF at home, it's like, oh, bummer. Well, it's a quad two loss. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. No. It, just, it just isn't. No, and I don't even think we should focus on the quad so much. Let's just find some wins and then see what they're worth. Because it's wins are going to be tough to come by. They are just going to be hard. They've been hard anyway the yeah. last few years. It's going to get harder. Oh, man. But, hey, that's what we want to see. If BYU could find a way to win seven conference games, I feel spoiled at that point. Yeah, we'll have Se- a parade. Seven and 11. I don't care. Oh, four games below five. The quality will, will reign supreme. Win seven games in conference, that would be incredible. If football won eight games, we'll finish what? Eight and four, five. eight and four going to a bowl game. Yeah, if they if they somehow won seven or eight games, and and basketball won seven league games, amazing. In, in year two of the Dave, sign me up. We'll be out of our minds. Where do I sign? Can I can I can I ink I'll that? I'll draw something. Can up. I ink that into uh, reality pencil, right I'll now? Draw it <laughs> hey, coming up tonight is the season premiere of After Further Review. We're so looking forward to this. Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and myself will kick off our tenth season. We roll out the AFR special, Dangerous Duo, Pukunakua and Jaron Hall. NFLers in camp this week. Join us at 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app for the grand return of After Further Review. Well, Dave was just talking about football, so let's switch the page to BYU football. And one of the head coaches the Cougars will face, Matt Campbell, the head coach of Iowa State, joined us in Dallas as part of Big 12 Media Days, had some struggles last year after losing a couple of key players of the NFL. How does he bounce back two years removed from that? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by Feastbox Global Grill, a unique dining experience featuring Texas, Hawaiian, and Korean meats. Time to feast. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm teamed up with Dave McCann today, Spencer Linton here, and you just saw some Iowa State football highlights on the TV side. Matt Campbell is one of the more intriguing and passionate coaches in the Big 12. And uh, my colleague, Jerem Jordan, loves to talk about the brim of his hat. It's a style thing. We asked him about that. How does he bounce back from losing two NFL players from two seasons ago and the significance of Jack Trice Stadium? Here's our two-on-one from Big 12 Media Days with the head coach of Iowa State football. 
Coach, great to have you with us on BYU Sports Nation. Where's the hat? <laughs> <laughs> I should have brought it with me. I should have brought it with me, especially a long day today. I, I, if I had it with me, it would be a good thing. Tell me about the uh, the, the bill bent. The bill, it's yeah, unique. It's very yeah, intense. Yeah, I feel like it's, uh, I don't know, you know, did it, did it in baseball when I was young, and it's just kind of stayed with me. So, you know, my, my dad was a coach and, you know, always wore a hat, and I kind of just kind of followed along with it. As you push into a new season, um, each team has its own identity, and there, there are some unique things. So what's the identity of this specific Iowa State football team? Oh, I, I, I think to, to me it's, it's a really fun identity because it's, it's, a, it's a young, tough football team. You know, we were the third youngest team in college football last, last year really? and, and, and acted like it at times. And um, <laughs> yet I, I think one of the great things about our program is we've always had the humility and character to grow through tough and trying times. And I think it's what's allowed us to sustain success at Iowa State. And it's what's allowed us to have, you know, some elite, elite moments is because we've had the ability to grow forward through hard. And, you know, this this group really since December, you know, has really went to work on on itself. You know, we looked inward. Um, we knew our youth uh, would would present some challenging times. And, and yet, you know, we had the humility to grow through it. And, and that's what I'm really proud of. And I, I think the transformation that I've witnessed since December to where we are right now has probably been, other than our first year in 2016 and 2017, it's probably the most growth I've ever seen in our program. Wow. And so, you know, those things are really exciting. And, and, and the, the, I think what, what I think the mentality of this group has been its unit its unity and and really its ability to grow forward through hard and and that's uh those are special things you made some changes on the offensive side of the ball what are you hoping for happens quickly on that uh, side well you know we we've played great offensive football at iowa state you know last year again you know the most you know the most youth was on the offensive side of the football you you lost five nfl players from the 2001 team that you know two of them are runners up to the rookie of the year in the nfl a year ago so you know i i think part of it is growing pains and, and just growing forward you know i think part of the part of the staff shuffle was you know we've had so much of our staff has been there together for a while that i think some of our staff on offense had aspirations to do some other things and it was kind of a great timing opportunity where they got to go do some of the things that they were passionate about and also for us you know we've had some great young talent in our, our room and it starts with Nate Showhouse the opportunity to kind of take over and he's been a part of our system he's he's been a huge part of our success as an offensive football program and you know his ability to kind of bring a new energy and a new focus to to where we want to go to the next step of Iowa State football so you know I, I again I, I think the biggest thing that I I would ask of the offensive side of the football is, is its ability to grow forward and have the humility to say, man, where where are some of the steps that we need to continue to work on and, and really go, you know, kind of go through that process of filling in those gaps. And I, I really think that that group's done a great job. We've got some real talent coming back. Some, you know, we dealt with some really tough injuries a year ago. We, we dealt with youth and, and yet we had the humility to really kind of put the time and effort and energy to kind of work ourselves forward from it. And I, and I think that side of the ball's done a great job this offseason. One of those guys from 21 you mentioned, uh, Brock Purdy. He was killing my Seahawks in the playoffs. Just He was so good. It yeah. was an unbelievable run for a guy in the seventh round. But yeah. I'm sure you were like, just give this kid a chance, right? Well, I, I think if you look at what Brock has stood for and, you know, the success that he had for four years at Iowa State and, I mean, what he took our program from to where he took us um, was nothing short of exceptional. And, you know, there's not a shock to me. To me, it was you guys got to see the result in the National Football League 
believe, last year. But I think when you hear his coach and his teammates and some of those great professionals that will be in the Hall of Fame someday talk about who Brock is, I think that's what makes him really special. And, and certainly I think that's the legacy he left within our own program of, you know, what does it take to be successful at Iowa State? And the great thing is so many of these young guys in our program right now got to witness that and watch his work ethic and character through good times and through tough times. And I, I think he left a great legacy on Iowa State football as well. Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell's on BYU Sports Nation. So where in the coach's manual does it say or give you the secret to replacing Brees Hall and Brock Burton? <laughs> Those guys were awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it does. It. You're, you're right. And, and I, I again, I think that's what makes it special at our place. You know, we're, we know who we are. You know, this is we're always going to be a developmental football program. We're always going to have to, you know, at some point rebuild ourselves. And, you know, we're kind of back in that process right now. And honestly, it's the one thing that I love about coaching football. It's why I love Iowa State. It's it's why I love where we're at. And, you know, it's not always going to be easy. And, and at Iowa State, you got to kind of go up the rough side of the mountain. you got to rebuild it, and you got to have the ability to kind of build those pieces back together. And, and, you know, that just takes time. And that's part of the part of our journey. We understand that. We know who we are. Um, and yet, you know, I think what what's exciting for me is I see some of those pieces coming to fruition and, and, and really kind of growing right now in our football program. And I think there's probably as much talent in our program collectively that we've ever had since since we've been there and this is going on our eighth season so i think all those things are exciting and to have the Brees halls and to have the you know to have the brock purdies and to have the charlie Colars and to have some of these guys that have come through our program will mcdonald and you know really kind of shatter the barriers of what people said couldn't happen at iowa state and then to build forward from that and with yeah. that it's powerful um we're so excited about a million things about mm-hmm. being in the Big 12. But what for our fan base is Ames about? What's fun to do there? What's Iowa State about so that our fans can start to get to know Iowa State better? Well, I, I think it's one of the real special places to play college football. You know, there's there's no pro sports in the state of uh, the state of Iowa. Um, you know, I think with our program's growth over the last eight years, the Des Moines area down to Ames, um, it's been a, just an incredible time for all of those things to kind of come together as one. And you know, a, a, a game. Jack Trice Stadium yeah. is, is one of the all-time, you know, great sporting events, you know, from, you know, getting there on a Friday to all the way through Saturday night. It's it's a really special place to watch college football, and, you know, we've got one of the best fan bases in the country. I think their loyalty and their their unity to the, the university, you know, all of its athletics, but certainly its football program, it's really special. It's the 100-year anniversary of Jack Trice Stadium, yeah. and uh, I know that that name and his legacy carries great significance for Ames and really for the country when you look at it. Right. I, mean, I believe it's the only stadium named after a black man yeah. in, in America. Um, so what does that 100-year celebration of, of Jack Trice mean to you and to Iowa State? Oh, it's really powerful. You know, I, I think when we came into Iowa State eight years ago and, you know, there's you're looking for – what does this place really stand for and where are some of the the great men and the great people <clears throat> that had profound impact on our society and really had profound impact on especially in the football avenue you know where where could we hang our hat and it was jack trice and it's, it's his story and you know you're talking about uh you know a young man that came to ames iowa from cleveland ohio um that you know had this ability and courage to break the color barrier at Iowa State and you know the decisions and choices that he made 
blazed this incredible trail for the future of so many of our student athletes at Iowa State, not just in our football program, but across all of our athletic programs and you know the courage for him to come there um obviously you know the the the, um losing his life in a football game up at minnesota and and the tragedy that surrounded it but i think when you take a step back and you look at the courage the influence and the trailblazer mentality that jack had um it's a powerful story and creating change and and creating better for our world uh jack trice did that and i think that's it's been powerful for myself our kids to represent that every time we walk into that stadium and understand what his loyalty and, and really what his faithfulness meant to so many and you remind your team of this because there's a letter that he wrote that you yeah. read to the team every year? There is. I, you know, the night before that, his last game that he played, and, and obviously a couple of days afterwards he, he passed away, but Jack wrote a story or wrote a letter um, before the game just expressing his feelings and what it meant to play in the game, what it, it meant to uh, his family, what it meant to the university, and, and certainly what it meant to the world for him to be have the courage to continue to play forward and, and do what he was doing. And, you know, there's there's some powerful parts in, in, in what that letter that I think are all great for all of us, to be yeah. quite honest with you. And, you know, I think the most powerful piece is the world is expecting us to do great things. And I will. And I think that I will, we will mentality has served us great at Iowa State, to be quite honest. Yeah, specifically, how has the player buy-in been to that? And how, how have they received that? Well, I, I think when, you, when you're able to tell a powerful story of, of – um, you know, of people of character and people that have this, just this, um, you know, unique power to transcend those those around them. I, I think people are glued to that, and I think the young men that we recruit to our university, the families, they they hear that story on the front end, and you know, for us to continue that story and the characteristics and the traits and and really the power behind that story year in and year out, I think those are really powerful to to tell and to the values to be able to live by. Incredible stuff. We're excited about November 11th. Uh, uh, Iowa State coming to town in Provo. What's uh, your thought on BYU entering the league? Oh, I, I think just the sheer excitement. You know, I, I for me, you know, growing up, I, just such a fan of BYU football and knowing what it stood for, the history, um, the excellence, you know, the football program. I'm such a huge fan of Coach and what he stands for and the character and the mentality that he builds young men. Um, so I, I think just such a great addition to the Big 12. Um, you know, one of the great historic places to play college football. And, you know, we're, we're really grateful and excited to be able to come to Provo. I, I think to, to play at such a legendary field and in, such, in front of such a legendary fan base. So for us, it's, it's a great humility and, and a great honor to be able to have BYU in the conference right now. Hey, both you and Kalani are hat guys, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, a hat yeah. guy. He's maybe a little bit bigger than mine, but, but, but yeah, 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 yeah. He will gladly admit that Oh, well. I sure will. His calves are bigger. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Coach, we appreciate the insight into Iowa State Absolutely. and certainly the insight in Jack Trice. Fan- fantastic stuff. Thanks awesome. for the time. Thanks, All man. Right, guys, thanks for having Get me. Get this man a hat. Let's go. Let's go. Great stuff from Matt Campbell, the head coach of Iowa State football. And just to add to what we were discussing on the Jack Trice story, certainly some tragedy there, but um, they're using it as a fantastic source of inspiration. BYU Sports Station Game Day, which you host, Dave, and, and I report from, will have a fantastic feature. Uh, it's in the works right now this fall as to how that has impacted Iowa State's football culture. It's yeah. just one of many 
deep blue type stories we're doing that we will feature exclusively on BYU Sports Nation game. It's one you're not going to want to miss. And they're slated for uh, Showdown in Provo on November 11th. One thing we learned while we are in Texas is that these, are, these programs are full of the same inspirational type stories that BYU's programs. Yes. Are. We tell our stories all the time, and like you mentioned, we're eager to tell the stories of the Big 12. And Jack Trice is just one of many uh, that will leave you going, you know what? More power to them. Good for them. And I think it'll enlighten both fan bases. You, know, you want to beat them, but you can still respect them. And, and uh, the, the quality of the student athlete all over the Big 12 is going to be fun to learn. learn about. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, if you've missed any of our interviews, our Deep Blues, any of our shows or games, they're sitting there for you at BYUSN.com or download the BYU TV app to get all the BYU TV sports content on demand. Up next, a loaded Cougar whip around, which we ask the following question. Did we become somewhat fans of a Utah player? Say it ain't so, Dave. Is that even allowed? This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Threads. Welcome back to Studio B. Glad you got that Threads comment in there. I think I'm on Threads now. <laughs> Are you? I think I am. Welcome. <laughs> it was nice to see you I'm there. a veteran for like, you know, all of, what, two weeks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am like, Spencer. Right. He is Dave McCann. Let's roll out today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's basketball's Big 12 matchups. Talked about it earlier. Home and away. Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and Central Florida. Home only. Houston, Texas, TCU, Cincinnati. Road only. Kansas, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma. That's quite the road-only slate. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Look at those net rankings. Woo! Yeah. BYU women's basketball and their Big 12 matchups now as we recap. Home and away opponents feature Cincinnati, Houston, Iowa State, Kansas, and TCU. The home-only four are Baylor, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. Nice to have Oklahoma once again in the Marriott Center back-to-back -back seasons there. Away only, UCF, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and the showdown with former BYU star point guard Shaley Gonzalez and Texas. Bummed about that there. one. Hoping for that one in pro. I wish that there were two, right? Yeah. There was a home and away scenario. Jamal Williams is ranked 95th in the NFL's top 100 players for 2023. Played for the Lions last year, now he's on the Saints. Last year he scored an NFL leading 17 touchdowns, rushed for a career high 1,066 yards, ranked 95th. Wow, is, is that too low or is it just cool to be in the top 100 when you, when you lead the league in rushing touchdowns? It's cool. But, and you're a backup to Kamara, get yeah, that. that number's gonna drop, certainly this year. But man, he was awesome last year. Fred Warner ranked the number one linebacker in Madden 24. This is a thing, right? People put stock in this. It's the second time in his NFL career he has been rated the top linebacker in the heralded video game franchise. His 49ers stats include 411 individual tackles, six and a half sacks, Four interceptions, all pro Fred is back in Madden 24. What's great about Fred is he's the best linebacker in the world, but he's even a better person away from football. An incredible family, 
Fred, Troy, yeah. Great rep just, of BYU. Absolutely. Eric Mika, another solid rep for the Cougars. Selected to the USA Select Team. He'll be in Las Vegas with 13 other players next week. They'll start their training camp. Uh, Mika put out a tweet this morning saying, can't tell you how excited I am to be a part of this and get to work. Nothing in my basketball life has ever topped my experiences with USA basketball. Maybe one of the underappreciated former Cougars, yes. Eric Mika. Yes. And he has been amazing on the world stage. He's doing great work with his new podcast as well to help athletes transition from their professional sports, respectively, into whatever else they want to do. What's life like after sport? I think it's a very unique angle from him. BYU Men's Basketball Director of Basketball Operations, Bobby Hordusky, is leaving BYU to take the job as assistant men's basketball coach at Queens University in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hordusky will also be the director of recruiting at Queens University. Congratulations to Bobby as he moves on and advances in the coaching ranks. He's been very good to us over the years, helping us do our jobs, and so we wish him the best. This is good for Bobby because he's a UCF guy, and I know he had mixed emotions. Having played at UCF, he's like, oh, I don't know how to feel about BYU playing UCF. <laughs> now he a joke. Have to feel. He didn't have to worry about that anymore. Those are today's headlines. Let's opinionate in the whip. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. As the New York Jets prepare for the Aaron Rodgers era, head coach yes. Robert Saleh hasn't forgotten about Zach Wilson. Here's what he said. He's learning everything. So he's back to being a rookie almost, but I thought he had a really nice day. This is the other day. Made some throws, getting really comfortable in the pocket, stepped up, showing good presence in there, not afraid to use his athleticism in the pocket to move during practice. He's doing a really nice job. I only expect him to get better and better. Wilson and the Jets face the Browns a week from Thursday in the Hall of Fame game. How much of an improved Zach Wilson do you expect to see? I expect improvement. I don't know how to quantify the amount of improvement. Maybe, you know, just none of those. What are you doing plays, right? Like, like he just did some things that were uncharacteristic of, of what he was. And it just kind of seemed like he was nervous and rushed. Maybe some I, pressure off I expect I expect to see a slowed down, more relaxed version of Zach Wilson, and, and that's going to help everything. But I just wish this was a situation he was in from the get-go, right. learning behind a great like this. this. This is the best scenario for Zach right now. Yep, I agree. Aiden Robbins and Keaton Slovis are ranked the 35th best quarterback running back duo in college football according to Big Game Boomer. So Dave, at number 35, are you taking the over or under on that number by the end of the season for this duo? I'm going under. I think Robbins is really, really important to this offense. Both he and Keaton need to stay healthy, and if so, they're going to be very productive in what Aaron Roderick has going, especially with the receiver help and the tight end play from Isaac Rex to open things up. This will be an interesting brand new combo in town. Yeah, I think they're better. I'm with you. I think they're better than the 35th best duo in the country. And the numbers should pan out in favor of that. I don't know how much better, but frankly, if they're a top 30 duo, it's pretty good. then BYU's probably going to win seven games. Absolutely. FIBA debuted a new LED basketball court over the weekend. The court changes colors during play, <laughs> it, and it can show stats on the floor. Um, when the shot clock is winding down, the paint turns a color, and the player can feel that, hey, it's time to get a shot off. Uh, is this going to catch on? I think this is a fun toy. I, I don't envision that this will become standard play. One, because it's way more expensive, and it's just 
probably more difficult to maintain. I can see the NBA messing with this one. Like an all-star oh. game scenario? Yeah. Like, yeah, just like a big event type, like kind of funky thing, like the slam dunk contest. The whole three floor can be an advertisement. Yeah, three-point contest, the all-star game, yes. I, I like it, but I don't think it's gonna catch on outside of like just some random strange events like or off the record strange uh, things like this. Right in the middle of the game, you just put a Big Mac on the whole floor. Man, kind of hungry. <laughs> Can they're you playing, imagine? They're playing on a Big Mac. I got special sauce all over my <laughs> sneaker. <laughs> At Pac-12 Media Day, Utah quarterback Cam Rising referenced BYU twice. One saying he wants Jaquindon Jackson to run the ball like Taysom Hill, Good. who doesn't. Right. And the one game he'd want on this year's schedule is BYU. So, looking at what Cam Rising said, did we, in some way, become Cam Rising fans? I think BYU fans appreciate a good player when they see one. He's a stud. He's a great quarterback. When he's are, healthy, he's a they beast. They are a really good football team when he's healthy. question is, is he going to be healthy to start the season? Yeah. We'll see. Um, I don't know if, if, uh, if everyone became a Camerizing fan, but I think we appreciate that that, that is an athlete that's, that's tough to beat. Yes. And he's proven that. Well, and he's a competitor. He didn't get a shot at BYU. He was the backup quarterback when Utah visited Pro They were going with their 10,000-yard passer exactly. for that Exactly. They were going with Charlie Brewer, the Baylor transfer. Yeah. It didn't work out. So, yeah, the, like, if you're a competitor, you want to play the rivalry games. Like, I'm sure he feels like, I would beat BYU. I want to play them. I want to play BYU. Yeah. So We wish they were playing this year. <laughs> Up next, your responses to our question of the day as we move our attention back to Big 12 men's basketball and the matchups for BYU, what immediately grabs your attention? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. BYU Sports Nation continues live from Studio B. Our question of the day, what's the first thing that jumps out to you when you look at the BYU men's basketball Big 12 matchups that were released late last week. Dave said it was Kansas, no Kansas in Provo. I think yeah. a lot of BYU fans feel the same way you do, though there is a game in Lawrence that right. some diehard BYU fans are trying to get to. But you and I both also liked Houston yeah. in Provo. The number one and team Texas for a majority of the year. Texas in Provo as well is really fun. Mark M. on Twitter adds, we need... A new kind of jimmer. This that is was what a, jumped out to him. That was the first thing that jumped out to him <laughs> to match up against these Big 12 teams. <laughs> and you and I were talking during the break. Who is that guy? Who could potentially be even a glimmer of what the jimmer was? Is it Colin Chandler? And is that, you know, more than a year away? Is it a couple of years away as he transitions back from his two-year LDS mission. Uh, Mark reminds me of that scene from Jaws, you know, and the shark swims by and the guy goes, we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> this schedule comes out and some fans are going, you know, we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> Swoosh Life 59 on Instagram says, Kansas, so stoked to be in the same conference. Who knows, BYU might get thumped, but hey, BYU surprised some people beating Gonzaga here and there. BYU won three in the kennel. And, and you know what, Dave? Like, Mark Pope has this tendency of doing that when it whether he's at Utah Valley or he's been at BYU like he'll go on the road and like win a game and we're like whoa there are just more of those opportunities in the Big 12 so it's going to happen yeah. it's just a matter of against who and when and Who's where be the first one exactly yeah so I agree it's going to happen cool car bro on Instagram <laughs> 
That's a big mountain to climb. Indeed. That's what he thought when he saw that schedule. That is a big mountain to climb. Everest, I believe, is what Mark Pope compared it to. <laughs> At Set Bobo on Instagram, going to be a challenge. Almost every team in conference or every conference game is going to push the team to its limits with new additions and returning players with amazing potential. I expect challenges of playing the Big 12 will help the team learn and grow and improve for years to come. Okay, that's the long perspective, right? Yeah. It's just going to take a while. Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated from the Croxall on Instagram. He says, and Baylor thought football was loud. They haven't seen the Marriott Center yet. It'll be special. You know, when Baylor was here a few years back, uh, when, uh, when their quarterback won the Heisman, they came, they were number three, and they got a piece of the Marriott Center. They won. But it was tight right to the end. We're going to have a lot of those tight games. Yes. Let's move forward. Season premiere of After Further Review. That's coming up later tonight. I might just sit here in the studio. We're so excited. Stay here. This. Uh, 7 Eastern time on the BYU TV app. And that's where you can find the show all week long. Footsteps and swag boxes all over the country in a single day. It's a coast to coast and beyond. Rise and shout out next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation's on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Listen to the podcast. Subscribe. Rate and review. It's all right there for you. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics, and it goes to the folks who put on BYU 50. David Almadova, huge team, incredible marketing performance by them, 50 states, one day, and here's Cougar fan Sean Benyon celebrating his BYU 50 experience in Hawaii, got the box, and then played the Cougar fight song on the ukulele. I mean, am amazing. I love it, Sean. Well done, man. Our thanks to today's guest, Matt Campbell, as Sean serenades us out. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All our shows on demand at BYUSN.com. For Dave McCann, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Terrell Lede. We'll see you tomorrow back here in Studio B. Go Cougs!